Welcome to No Concessions, your favorite movie podcast that is still around during the quarantine. My name is Denzel, and I'm here with Charles and Charles, and we're here today uh, to review 28 Days Later. I believe this week's subgenre is, uh, is this movie out of date or very on point? It's hard to tell. <laughs> it was ahead of its time. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. It was in some ways. Left for Dead before Left for Dead came out. Yeah. Yeah. Except there's not like fat dudes blowing up and dudes with like big tongues trying to like wrap yeah. it around your dick from 40 feet away. Well, they hadn't figured out that formula yet. <laughs> After the review, we have our titular segment, No Concessions, where we make a case for our favorite or least favorite movie. But prior to both of those segments, we're back again with a third edition of ai versus human movie synopses yeah that's right final round the local your resident boy genius has uh has created another round of movie synopses that you can guess along with at home and tell us whether or not you think these movies are real or fake yeah and for the grand finale i decided to add another twist to it so uh this time instead of just having the AI generate its own completely unique synopses, I seeded each synopsis with the same starting few words of the real synopsis. So both examples are going to start out exactly the same way. Man, challenge mode. Yeah, dude. So far, Charles and I are tied 1-1. This is the week with the tiebreaker. We'll see who comes out on top. All right, round one, the first synopsis. Fearing he will become a government informant, the mob decides to knock off its former boss when he goes into the hospital for an operation. They plant several hit women as nurses with orders to make his murder look like an accident. Agent N and Sabrina are charged with protecting the former mob boss and capture a bevy of nurses to ensure his safety. Soon the would-be killers escape, and our heroines are in their clutches. Will truth and right prevail? And the second synopsis. Fearing he will become a government informant, the mob decides to kidnap him. In the process, they unwittingly capture the son of the mob's founder, the leader of the terrorist organization, the L-E-N-N-F. That's uh, difficult. Yeah, the second one, I was like, I think I've heard this, and then you got to the rest of it, and I was like, nope. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go with number one. I'm also going to go with number one. You're both correct. Hell yeah. Prescription for Peril is the name of that movie. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, shit. Here we go. Second round. First synopsis. Blake Poopler follows the surreal experience of a depressed New England bartender as he moves from his longtime home in Boston to the paranoid confines of Brooklyn, New York. And the second synopsis. Blake Poopler follows the surreal experience of a depressed New England man living with anaphylactic shock after his wife, Paula Williams, had to leave him. The necessity of love is a moving tragedy that reminds us that death doesn't have to be evil and life is comfortable. What? I mean, that's 
not the right use of the term anaphylactic shock. So I'm going to go. I feel like a computer would make that mistake. Going with one. Uh, I'm, I'm going to pick the opposite. Oh, man. You should have gone with Charles here. Oh. Because number two was the fake one. Oh, was it? Oh, fuck. That one, had it not been for anaphylactic, anaphylactic shock, it would have got me. I was really tempted to go in and change and that. It. That ruins wow. the entire spirit of the game. I thought I thought you would have gone in and changed it. Damn, dude. No, I was like, he would leave it in because it's a machine that would make that kind of mistake. Mm. Damn. Yeah. I Re- fucked up. Reason number 904 why we don't have to worry about robots taking over the world. <laughs> They've got most of the idea, but not quite all of it. <laughs> Reason number 903, coronavirus is going to beat them to it. <laughs> Uh, the name of that was BP, by the way. Uh, round three. First synopsis. Three redheads have been found brutally murdered in less than a month, and the unsolved tragedy is spreading like a virus. A joint investigation between the sheriff and prosecutors will determine the long-term fate of one of the most wanted men in Los Angeles. And synopsis number two. Three redheads have been found brutally murdered in less than a month, and the demand for justice is growing. The only clue points to Byberry Animal Shelter, but its caretaker seems too suave to be a cold-blooded killer. A rookie red-headed detective is sent undercover to solve the case, but can she catch the murderer without the body count rising? I'm going to go with that second that one. That second one's real. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you're right. It's a short called feline frenzy that's an awful title (laughs) better or worse than prescription for peril well i guess the second one is worse because it doesn't explicitly revolve around cats (laughs) it must be an animal shelter that only houses cats i guess it would have to be movie logic yeah okay It's, it's called i think cattery that checks out yeah no one's gonna fact check you so no i know somebody who works at a cattery though she's like very obsessed with cats gee i wonder why <laughs> well at least you're doing the healthy thing with it and working somewhere where there are cats and not owning 17 cats uh, well just working there doesn't outrule the fact that she might have 17 cats she's got five cats well <laughs> and yeah any once you get past three of any one animal that's not in a tank you're <laughs> I think you're like past, you've passed the line. I think three is the cap for owning living things. Again, that don't live in like a tank or something. Fish, mm-hmm. cool. Ball out on fish. But like if you have three, more than three dogs or three cats or like three birds. Honestly, if you have three birds and you have uh, more money than you should be allowed to have. <laughs> <laughs> birds are expensive to buy initially and take care of. So if you have three birds, like what are you doing? That's interesting. Not spending your money wisely. Yeah. Okay. Round four. A high school student is found murdered in the locker room. The local detective must piece together all of the clues in order to stop the murderer. As the secrets of a group of bullies at the school begin to unravel, the bodies pile up, placing the detective in a race against time. And the second synopsis. A high school student is found murdered in the locker room. The local detective must piece together all of the clues in order to stop the murderer. With the aid of a local detective, the girl's parents, and a friend, 
the family is put in a position to take on the killer. I'm going to... That second one was, like, really oddly written. Yeah, but the first one, it was so incredibly vague. Like, so generic. Yeah, I agree, actually. Um... I'm going to go with number two as a fake one. I'm also... No. I'm going to go with number one for the fake one. The fake one was number two. Yes. We're tied up. It's a good thing I have a fifth synopsis We're double tied up. We've each won one, and we've each gotten two wrong today. God. This is it. For real. Uh, The name of that is Forgiven. Final round. Synopsis one. Todd wants everything to be just perfect at the family cottage where he plans to propose to Cammy, but things go awry with the arrival of Todd's slacker brother Salinger and his free-spirited girlfriend Masha. When Todd accidentally dispatches his irksome sibling with an axe, Cammy is determined not to let murder stand in the way of their happiness. And the second synopsis. Todd wants everything to be just perfect at the family cottage where he plans to propose to Cammy. But will Cammy be enough to convince him they can have a great wedding? Is that it? Yeah. Um Salinger's a real weird name. But I think that second one is fake. Yeah, that second one. There was like nothing to it. Yeah, I feel like I had another one planned, but it's not on my little list here. So you're right. The second one was fake. Oh, damn. It's well, a tie of ties. We've got to do this game again next time we do this show. <laughs> yeah, dude. Absolutely. Oh, God. Uh, it, before we move on to the review, did either of you watch any movies since the last time we convened here? I've been watching a new show that's come out called Devs which is actually written and directed by the same guy who wrote 28 Days Later. Hmm, Nice. It's really, really good. What's Uh, it about? It's it's also really artsy, so it's not going to appeal to everybody. Yeah, the trailer didn't get me. I was like, okay, that isn't like it's for me, this weird like tech startup, like or not tech startup, like this super group of geniuses. Yeah, the plot line, or at least the pilot, starts out as uh, there's this guy and girl couple. They work at this fictional Google-sized tech company called Amaya. They do something with quantum computing. Uh, It takes place in the present day, but somehow there's some sort of breakthrough with quantum computers, which has made this company all the money. Um, And there's a secret group within this company just referred to as devs and no one knows what they work on but the boyfriend in the main character couple gets invited to join this group and then he disappears and the girl is trying to figure out what's happened to him and i can't say anything else without spoiling what happens you should, at the very least, just watch the pilot. Every episode, there's been three so far. Fourth one coming out tomorrow, uh, Thursday, uh, is like watching a movie. So if you like Alex Garland's other movies that he's made, Ex Machina and Annihilation, then you'll really like this. What platform is the show on? FX. Okay. So if you've got Hulu, you can probably watch it. Yeah. yeah. 
Stoked. Stoked. How about you? Uh, I saw Birds of Prey. Oh, same. It was fun. Yeah, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be for yeah, sure. Like it's not going to win any awards, but no. it's an it's an enjoyable enough film. It uh gets to the point while like sometimes it does feel like especially in the first act when there's a bunch of flashbacks, there were a few times like are we in a flashback right now? I don't remember what's like where in time we are relative to when this movie started or like what the flow of this is. But once it like, once all the characters are introduced, it's like, all right, we're getting through it. Here's the plot. Here's how we're dealing with it. And then it just goes. I could have gone for maybe one more action sequence, like bigger action sequence, but the two main ones that are in there are fun. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a fine movie. I don't know. If it was promoted that well, it kind of was shit not. Well, yeah, because the they changed the title and. Well, they didn't really promote that's, it at that's all. That's always a terrible. A bunch of people sign. didn't even know it came oh. out, and they were like, "Oh, what if we put Harley Quinn's name first so people remember this is a Harley like Harley Quinn's in this movie?" Because I don't even remember seeing any theatrical trailers for it, and I see movies, so they just uh, whatever was kind of shit the bed on their own marketing with that movie. Yeah, because like, I, I definitely remember seeing trailers for it in multiple movies. And as established only a few minutes ago, we don't watch the same things. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. That's interesting. I, I thought it was fine. Um, the movie kind of wavers in spots for me, but yeah. I think it's fun as a whole. I think the performances overall are pretty fun. I think everyone who's in it, is enjoying themselves at the very least and that is usually enough to like like there's genuine chemistry between the actors so it kind of helps along even like the slower parts of it what pissed me off about the movie and this isn't really i don't know how i noticed this but i immediately knew they were shooting in la yeah and i was just like that doesn't look like gotham like you guys need to keep it consistent if you're going to be like this takes place in this city yeah. where we've shot seven movies before <laughs> and it looks like LA. No, it's very clearly like mostly sound stages <laughs> and then a couple of outside shots that are like that's just Los Angeles. That's anyone yeah. who's been to Los Angeles. But yeah, it was, it's fun. If you don't catch it in theaters, it's fine, but yeah, you know, when it comes out, there's no if about that. Nobody's going to movies <laughs> for the next three or, mo- or four months. Oh yeah. Oh god, that's. We'll talk about that a little bit before we get into the middle of the uh, show. As as part of the thing that spawned the show was me taking notice of the amount of movies that were coming out of old men saving the world and like just being badasses for some reason. It, it's what was the name of the original genre? Uh, old men are still useful to society. Yeah. <laughs> Th- that obviously is not the case because if you're fucking Liam Neeson's age, it takes 14 cuts to get you from one side of the street <laughs> to the fence and over the fence. You still, you're not as active as you used to be. And if you're Sylvester Stallone, me believing that you can beat up <laughs> Devin Sawa, you can beat him to death with your bare hands is, I mean, you would have to be juicing like a lot. And well, he's Sir Sylvester Stallone, so that's true. What do you expect? That's true. He's he's the star of his own. He's the hero of his own movies, which makes sense because he is oftentimes the hero of his own movies. Yeah, no one's he can afford to just make himself the hero of all of his movies. No one's gonna. No one's like out here casting Sylvester Stallone. 
because he's got his own production company and does the projects he wants to. Yeah, exactly. Like making another Rambo that completely goes against the spirit of the original Rambo. Yeah. Did you guys yeah. see Creed? No. Mm-hmm. That was a surprisingly awesome movie. In kind of the same way that Blade Runner 2049 kind of like carried the spirit of the original forward into it, but didn't make it about references to the first movie. Yeah. Creed was a lot like, yes, this is like a spiritual sequel to Rocky and Sylvester Stallone's in it. And looking at the trailers, you kind of feel like it's just going to be some like drama masturbatory piece about, Oh, back in my day, I was the top and now I'm trying to train you but it was entirely about uh, Michael B. Jordan and his track to becoming like a successful boxer. And it was directed super well too. Um, what Ryan Coogler, I think directed it. Yeah. Black Panther director. He had some pretty neat long take shots. He would uh, walk into a boxing ring. There'd be an entire match all done in one take. Should definitely check it out. That's sick. Yeah, for the, sure. The one good Sylvester Stallone movie. That <laughs> and Rocky, because he wasn't a big deal yet, so you can tell his acting is genuine. Acting in giant quotes. Yeah. It's just like screaming out the oh, side of his mouth the whole he, time. Uh, he's an arm wrestling champion. Over the top. Yeah. <laughs> Old men being useful to society. What else fits into that subgenre? Angel has fallen. Olympus has fallen. Uh, the other has fallen. Film. The middle one that's set in the UK for some reason. Yeah, yeah. After Morgan Parliament Freeman. has fallen, probably. <laughs> Uh, it, Gerard Butler is not believable as an action hero and hasn't and, been for most of his career. Yeah, he was in 300, which sprayed on abs for yeah. him, the gang. And even then, that movie was just like kind of goofy. It's very weird to revisit. Go revisit 300 and let me know what you think. Tell us in the comments. There, I don't know if there's a comment section, but anyway, tell us on the Discord. So, Angel has fallen as the third in this series. And it's about uh, somebody framing Gerard Butler for trying to kill the president. And they do like a real shitty job. And I think two out of three of the movies consist of inside jobs. So it's, it's just like baffling to me that they went back to the same well. Anyway, at the beginning of the movie, they say like, Gerard Butler, you've got, you basically got CTE and you have trouble standing up and being in one place for too long because you're getting old and too many things have exploded around you. But you know what he does? He triumphs anyway. He does a lot of talking in this movie, which is like a better change, but also he's still like an action badass. Yeah. So it's just like, fuck bro. The movie, the movie's bad. It's not good. It plays uh, very much so as like, I don't know, maybe they just wanted to make a little bit more money. Yeah. It very much kind of came and went. But London Has Fallen, which is the middle one that I just looked up, yes. also just kind of, it happened. It was like, hey, you remember two years ago? Wait, so that wasn't even a creative title? No. Olympus <laughs> and Angel Has Fallen, but the second one is just, just London. London Has Fallen. The president's fallen. in London and shit happens <laughs> while he's there. It's inside jobs, baby. The movie is fucking baffling and it's bad, but worst of all, it's generic. It's just kind of an action movie. Yeah. What what gets me is that at least they explain like, hey, you've been in too much shit to be really actually useful. And of course, he has to overcome that because he's the protagonist. But Gerard Butler's only 50 years old. 
he looks haggard. Yeah, because I was like, when I looked it up and saw that he was 50, I was like, then that means he was like 31 when 300 came out. He looked good then. Yeah, he's got one of those bloated faces from somebody who drinks too much. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real Russell Crowe effect. Yeah, dog. Um, oh, fuck. Speaking of somebody who is not, <laughs> like, has a heart, has aged not great. I watched for St. Patrick's Day this movie from 15 or 1959 called Dobby Hill and the Little People or Dobby McPhil or something. You Fuck guys know what he's talking on, about. It's a Disney movie from 1959 and Darby O'Gill and the Little People. It's about this small Irish town and there's this old guy who like manages it i guess for the local lord even though it's like clearly the 50s i guess that's just how ireland is still or at least was 60 years ago but this film is mostly about this old man and his dealings with leprechauns while he's trying to save his farm for his daughter or whatever but it's co-stars a quote-unquote young sean connery (laughs) oh fuck who's 29 in this movie and looks Easily 40. Oh, no. <laughs> Sean Connery has always been an old man. <laughs> I don't know how. Kind of like a shitty Benjamin Button, but who never de-ages yep, over the just, course of his you life. You hit a point and was like, well, my hair is gray now, and that's it. <laughs> and I guess he's bald now. Oh, good. Yeah, Sean Connery was born in 1930. He is 90 years old. Jesus. And I guess something about being an alcoholic who's open to hitting women all the time <laughs> keeps you strong. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Another another movie that I watched where somebody who was a little bit too old was in it was um Terminator Dark Fate, which is a weird movie because it breaks all the rules of time travel or whatever they've set up for um the terminator universe every every single terminator movie sets its own rules for time travel yeah and they retcon who the villain is and they do all kinds of weird shit in the movie and it's fucking crazy it makes no sense in this version of the world spoiler alert john connor was killed shortly after the second movie Okay, so this is the third one in a row that's been like, it just comes right after Terminator 2. The other the sequel did <laughs> Or the last good one, yeah. I should say. Actively retconning everything that they did. Because, what was it? The one with Christian Bale was also like, Terminator 3 didn't happen. We're not addressing it. This comes right after Terminator 2. And then Genesis did the same shit. We're like, hey, don't worry about those other two. <laughs> this, is, this is a direct sequel to Terminator 2. We even got a guy who looks like John Connor. Oh shit! You and, know, in a way, that is how time travel works, though. Yeah, everything time something changes. You just uh, go back to Terminator Two. We'll just keep trying yeah, it until we find something that works. The continuity made sense. It was like, well, every time time changes after that, it splinters from this one moment. But it's stupid yeah. because if you have the ability to travel through time, why wouldn't you just drop a Terminator in the 1950s when literally nobody could stop it and just murder everybody then? How many people would one. watch that movie then? I mean, but it doesn't. Who needs to see? Look, like, we this already established how inept AI are at just generating movie plots. You think they're going to be smart enough to go back to 1950 and do the easy job of killing someone's grandfather? Also, just like if you're going to go back in time, don't even like kill anybody. Go back to the 50s and then quietly start 
uh whatever the name of the fucking company Cyberdyne. is just start Cyberdyne 20 years earlier and just quietly have a very successful business that takes over by becoming ubiquitous like the internet did yeah yeah it, well, it's not Cyberdyne and Dark Fate. It's the it's another company. Sick, <laughs> because C- Cyberdynely probably. No, I think it starts with an L. <laughs> Adding yeah. those cute little Is like that- E <laughs> rhyming sounds, like all like small oh, tech companies seem to do it's these days. Cyberdyner. How few vowels are in the name of the company? <laughs> and for some reason, the robots look the same. It's very strange how technology works. You got rid of uh, Cybernetics, Cyberdyne. You got rid of Skynet in Terminator 2 and then just another company pops up and sends people back in time to continuously kill like generals that are going to be in the future war but so after after Terminator 1 man Schwarzenegger the T-1000 comes back in time the T-800 T-800 yeah uh, he comes back in time kills John Connor while him and Sarah are hiding in Mexico and it's crazy because they show the kid getting blown away which is something you rarely ever see actually they cut away when he gets blown away well cowards. they cut back to him <laughs> like with Sarah holding him digitally de-aged looking all crazy and shit just crying and then he starts dropping tips to Sarah on like a hotline basically like where terminators come up and so she can go out and kill them because he knows how the te- the temporal shifts work and he's like oh they send one back like every three months but it doesn't make sense why wouldn't they just all send them back to the same time right can they only send one at a time i but think even if they could yeah to send them to the same day like just one of the t- okay it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense this is why dark is the only time that time travel has been done correctly in tv or movies <laughs> season three this year everybody everyone watch it on netflix you got nothing better to do stuck inside all day isn't dark just like basically saying like yo you can't change the future yeah like they got one more season so maybe they're going to like trip the the one yard line but so far uh it's it's the show where people can travel into a cave and it links 33 years into the future and 33 years into the past and if you see something happening in the future there's nothing that you can do to change it if you go into the past because the act of you going into the past causes the thing you already saw in the future to have happened. It's like completely closed loop and in a whole lot of like very subtle, clever ways too. like stuff is referenced in season one that isn't at all alluded to again until like near the end of season two. You should see it. Okay. Uh, aside <laughs> over i really love this show and no one else has seen it so i can't talk to anyone about it all right watch dark i'll watch it for you charles <laughs> so basically terminator dark fate is just like sarah connor walking around being a badass because um they need to justify like strong female lead in a movie which i mean hats off to them for not like actively shoving it down your throat like in uh birds of prey which actually didn't wasn't too heavy-handed it just featured a lot of parts that were like well okay you don't have to do this like why is black canary singing it's a man's world yeah i mean that's very on the nose it's very on the nose it's a great performance but it's like come on man (laughs) yeah absolutely in this one it's just like a lot of uh fighting right like it's 
it's action stuff. Anybody can fire a gun is what's important. Yeah, exactly. And anybody can be a fucking robot. Yeah. Unless if you're like one of those weird conservative dudes who likes to go on and complain about fantasy shows. Who Do you remember when that guy was like, why is the queen in The Witcher stumbling around and swearing and fighting people like a man does? And it's like, Doug, what? Did you not stop to consider that first and foremost, that could have been possible, but second and more importantly, it's, it's fucking fantasy. It's fake, dog. You don't have a problem with this dude who's walking around with like a satyr who tied him up or whatever. The main character was mutated as a child and to have white hair and yellow eyes so that he can specifically fight monsters, but a woman swearing excessive <laughs> they didn't do that back then women weren't allowed to swear they didn't shit and they didn't swear <laughs> that's something the liberals pushed on us <laughs> so uh in terminator dark fate i will say the movie's a lot better than like the three previous ones that came out low bar <laughs> i mean it did look more enjoyable Having like not seen the film, but like seeing the trailers and then even like clips and shit that just showed up online, I was like, that actually looks fun. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. Uh, there's there are a few scenes in there. The first fight scene that takes place in the factory is like how you do two super strength people fighting. If you watch something like fucking Luke Cage, yeah. the most boring fights ever. Yeah, he's got super strength cool and he moves like super slow for some reason it's yeah really it's like weird. why why would he we can talk about luke cage another time <laughs> anyway because i caught up on it and it sucks shit <laughs> what movie were we here to talk about again we'll today? To it, Charles. <laughs> we've been locked no one's been allowed to talk to anybody for five days we gotta- <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that we'll get to that um so Terminator Dark Fate has like two really cool action sequences. The first is the fight in the factory. The second one I can't really remember because I don't remember. Must it's not been, have been that cool. Then. I, it's been like a month since I watched yeah. it. Uh, it was it was it was a chill movie. It was a chill time. I I encourage you to go see it. But going back to the over to over the top women's empowerment shit, I also watched Charlie's Angels, which now is the perfect time to have released that movie because everybody needs an action reboot. Yeah. That movie could have been so fucking ill. Could have been really good. Could have been incredible. They had Patrick Stewart in it for some reason. He's very old Was and he it's Bosley? weird. Yeah, he plays Bosley for uh, a short period of time in the movie. They've changed it so Bosley is now like, like a, a 007 situation, like a Q. It just changes. Yeah, whoever's in the position has just named that. Gotcha. And you work in a different region of the world. Now, uh, whatever the name of the agency, the Townsend Agency, is something that's all over the world. And they're just basically paramilitary corporation yeah. that just impl- employs hot women. Uh, and yeah, yeah, that's really it. And the whole movie, it feels like it's hammering you over the head with the idea that women can do things too, which I mean, like, sure, of course, like, but the, the audience that you're going to be talking to that needs to hear that message isn't going to be the audience that sees this movie. Yeah. It's too violent for children and the weird grown men on the internet that complain about this sort of thing aren't going to go see the movie. Yeah. It's a weird, like middle ground to be in where and like elizabeth banks kind of came at this the wrong way when she was like responding to people not enjoying like seeing the movie because that shit tanked but she was like people aren't seeing it because 
toxic sexism. masculinity yeah, probably like, i mean you're not wrong and it's also but like it's in this weird space where like anytime it's not uh straight white dudes you have this thing where like are the movies aren't allowed to be bad like a white dude can release whatever he wants and even if it's like actively bad it's not going to ruin his career or like say anything about films as a whole like as a whole but like charlie's angels disappearing into nothing and birds of prey super underperforming or like well i guess women can't do movies like it's a weird place to be in because like well that shouldn't be representative of everything because there are these other films that are like doing deeply you know doing pretty well not like financially but like are well reviewed it's just elizabeth banks is in a position where she can afford to like get a big studio movie out that studio still doesn't isn't under any obligation to actually promote that film um, and they didn't. They you didn't know, at all. I'm going to sh- uh, shill for Alex Garland again. Uh, can you tell that I really like this guy? <laughs> uh, his his second movie, Annihilation, features an entirely female like science and technical background cast and calls no attention whatsoever to the fact that it is an entirely female cast. Which is and cool. isn't pretentious at all about it. Also, it bombs. No one saw it. Yeah. Give well, it some love a, on Hulu. You should be allowed there. to do both is what I'm saying. You should be allowed to have a shitty, uh, like a movie that's not good and super ham-fisted, like Charlie's Angels, that still like makes a stupid amount of money. Because um, we got two Dumb and Dumber sequels, and even that first one's not good. So... <laughs> It's the problem with Annihilation specifically is that it was released both on Netflix and widely. Yes. So people were fucking confused by it. They're just like, what's going on? Is this a direct to video movie? Are we in the 90s again? No, overseas (laughs) it came to Netflix. Okay. I I think probably because. movies did that though, right? There were a couple. But none of them did well. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I'm I'm sure it was like um, predictions or like. projections for how much it was going to make domestically were so low that the studio in charge of distributing it just put it off to Netflix because they wanted to cut their losses for it or something. Yeah, possibly. I, I don't like Charlie's angels, not because of like the ham fisted messaging, but it's genuinely just a bad action movie. I love action movies. I watch mostly only action movies. Sometimes I'll dip into other genres, but like comedy movies don't hit the same as they used to for me when I was like a kid. Yeah. Uh, I've never been into rom coms, never been into drama. And I think that Charlie's Angels had something it could have done like really well. There's a lot of potential in that idea because like the show was super successful, and then the two Ots movies were weirdly successful despite being really silly yeah and it was like one of which was maybe both were written by craig mazin i think they are both were somebody keeps bringing this up and i don't know oh it's somebody in one of my group chats they love craig mazin because of his work on chernobyl which to that i say whole groups of people write tv shows yeah tv is not i mean honestly film also isn't just like this is a one person thing, but okay. there are teams of people who do this thing, right? Yeah. Craig Mazin is not responsible for that group of people. If his name is on any of the episodes, it's because he directed the, he guided the direction of how the episodes and how storytelling works. He didn't sit there and do the research himself. He didn't do a lot of things. He's, he wrote all three hangover movies. I just, and I used to listen to his podcast as well. He's very much so up his own ass 
very frequently. And he's like, yeah, well, if you don't, yeah, writers are the reason why you have movies. Mo- movie, if you don't have writers, you can't have a movie. And it's like, no, that's not how that <laughs> fucking works. Ideas are cheap. Everybody's got fucking ideas. You need everybody else. It moves like football and not like soccer or basketball. Right, you can't have a single individual yeah. winning for the team. It's a it's a team sport. Fuck. Anyway, Charlie's Angels, the new one. Uh, I don't like the the first two in the two thousands that came out were just super over the top. Yeah, they were like campy and fun in a weird way, and they embraced like sexuality with in problematic ways. I'm sure I haven't. It was really two thousand and two thousand three. Like I can't imagine there. Are, some especially with lucy Liu being in the movie there's some stuff in there <laughs> mostly in the sequel the sequel doesn't handle it as well uh, it was written by somebody else okay. um, and it had a different director as well so it's got some stuff in it <laughs> the first one is only as problematic as every movie that came out 20 years ago was so like it does pretty well in general good good and so this new one the basically like they spend a lot of time just like throughout the movie basically in every opportunity they get like kind of just making sure you know that like women can do things too and like uh nudging you like hey like these are chicks doing this stuff but we this already know cool, that right? it's the charlie's angels movie <laughs> yeah this Char- isn't like a, a new idea that comes out of nowhere they're trying to set up a franchise it's charlie's angels the show about the three women spies what would have really worked for this movie is if they just leaned extra hard into dark and gritty. Because <laughs> yeah, I can see that working real well. This movie, like Red Sparrow, but with three women. Yes, yes. Or not Red Sparrow. What was the one with the, that was Charlie the spy one? That Red was Sparrow spy. was the one with Jennifer Lawrence. Yes, today, which I didn't like. But oh, I don't know you mean Atomic Blonde? Atomic Blonde. Yeah, I just don't like Jennifer Lawrence, and I think that's <laughs> the only reason I didn't like Red Sparrow. <laughs> so, the, I I think that. Charlie's Angels as a property was a layup. And yeah, it should have. They should that should have been a slam dunk as far as like, hey, this is a remake of a show that was really popular. And also the movie that was really popular was only 20 years ago, just far enough away that we can redo it, but not so far away that's like people don't remember it. Yeah, exactly. They they include like some of the old angels in the show or in the movie towards the end as like trainers or whatever, because like they have a huge boot camp thing. But what all you really need is just like, here's my idea for a new Charlie's Angels. Hang on. Just to interject there is Charlie's Angels, whatever agency in the universe of that movie, basically Blackwater, but women. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, there's just but Eric Prince is Erica Prince. <laughs> no, no, no. No, sorry, the no. female Eric Prince is just Betsy sure. DeVos. <laughs> Eric Prince would be Charlie. Bosley would be Eric Prince's number two. But the Yes, it, they are basically Blackwater, but you can lean into that. You can make you can make they could have made this like um like a James Bond esque spy movie where it's actually like fun to watch and not just like wacky but like incoherent action. I don't think Elizabeth Banks. I don't know if she directed it. She didn't, right? Um, she just produced it. Whoever directed it did not do a good job. She wrote the screenplay, but she. Also directed. So she didn't do a good job. Sorry, yeah. Elizabeth. It's She's a good writer, but I don't know. I think this is, may have been her first 
film she directed. Yeah, fair enough. Like, she's a solid writer, and I enjoy her as an actor, but maybe directing's not for her. Or maybe it is, and this first one just was a big swing. Yeah. This may have been her blank check. Maybe, yeah, the, she... Everybody who's had a career for long enough gets at least one project they can fuck up, and this was hers. This, yeah. I mean, and because she's a woman in Hollywood, it's going to be like, well, remember the last time you went out there and fucked this up? <laughs> Unlike uh, any other male counterpart that yeah. has done the same thing. I mean, she has the advantage of being like white and blonde hair and blue eyed. So she's got a little more wiggle room than a lot of other women who were doing the same stuff in her same space. But. And for the last review that I've got, because I watched a lot of movies, I watched American Assassin. Okay. If you want to talk about a spy movie that doesn't fucking work, it's this one. Yeah. It's so crazy. This reads as like, uh, if Ben Shapiro was a competent writer, <laughs> this is this is a movie by him. It starts out with a terrorist attack on a beach. For a second, I thought you were talking about American Sniper. So, can you tell me what's going on with American Assassin? Okay. So, American Assassin is about a guy whose oh, shit, I fiance, fiance gets murdered on a beach during a terrorist attack. Terrorists just kind of roll up on the shore in a boat and start shooting people. Well, and- like it's fucking Iwo Jima. <laughs> Uh, so the guy basically dedicates his life to hunting down a terrorist he joins the terrorist cell infiltrates the gang and then he's being watched by the cia for some reason but like they recruit him like he's like a top star like an athlete or some shit like they've been like watching him he's like this guy's good he's a bit of a loose cannon but he's good and it's like very depraved and it's like they're praising him for skills that nobody should be praised for like he infiltrated this group and he doesn't use these skills again in the movie ever (laughs) it's very strange the movie is like very bad and it 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 almost comes across as like satirical like it should be it should be a satire but it doesn't quite reach that level of self-awareness exactly it's completely not self-aware it's so weird it's a weird movie to watch uh, I would say I would, damn, it's a hard choice between watching that and Charlie's Angels, but I would probably watch Charlie's Angels over that movie. Yeah, I'll because probably of how it this week. grim and weird American Assassin is. It's so weird. It it plays into like a lot of weird stereotypes too. This military man, we never go back for our comrades or whatever because like once you're dead, you're dead, and they of course go back for him because they break the rules or what i don't fucking know it's so stupid and the movie escalates too in like a really weird way yeah it it goes from like we're hunting terrorists to we're gonna blow up this nuke it's like what what all right well that's a crazy first mission for this fucking new guy that movie was fucking terrible though i'll be honest with you well that was a lot of movies yeah we've given you a whole spectrum to watch for sure watch terminator Maybe watch Charlie's Angels. Uh, I mean, like, if you want to, if you want to be an ally and support, watch Charlie's Angels. It's not good though. Watch Dark. Watch Annihilation if you want to feel like really uncomfortable. Okay. <laughs> it's good to watch on mute. I'll say that. 
Huh. It, it's another one of those movies that you could just have as like a moving art piece on your wall. It did, loop even from the, the trailers, time. look very sparse dialogue wise. Like they were just like, you know, this team's going into this weird dimensional rift thing. Yeah. It's six I was five. into it conceptually, but I, I, similar to Denzel, really only go out and see action movies. Like if you. Oh, can't, this is not that. Yeah. The trailers make it look like there's more action than there actually well, is. While too. I'm do- well, of course, because that's how trailers are cut. While I'm doing eight hours of uh, work training to get my only. <laughs> My only shift of the next two weeks done. Oh, I'll uh, have it on in the background. A little anyway. bit of horror in there for you, too. Sick. Favorite. For a little bit worry, I was becoming lactose intolerant because a lot of black people are. And it turns out I'm not. I just hadn't been eating cheese for too long. And same like if like if, when I stopped eating fast food, I don't really eat beef outside of fast food. So if you can call that beef, oh yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm just I. Yeah, I I hadn't been eating. Or I hadn't been eating like I only eat burgers if it's fast food, really. And then like I bought some ground beef. And I was like, oh well, this doesn't fuck my stomach up. So I guess we're okay. And then steak. I eat the shit. I eat so much fucking steak. Or I used to. I'm about to get back into it. I'm about to. I got my. I haven't used my grill since I moved back in with my parents. I'm about to buy some propane while I'm on quarantine and just like. About to be. As soon as it stops raining, it's gonna be all grill all day. It's gonna be fucking kebabs. About to be fucking steaks. I wonder how Domino's is doing because they specced into either delivery or pickup in store, not necessarily like partnering with food delivery apps. Uh, I'm sure they're doing fine. When I went to go pick up the shit, because I, I don't think they had delivery available, uh, they have like a blue line of tape. And it's like, you have to stand behind this blue line and the employee will put what you want on <laughs> Puts the Puts it on the floor, kicks it over to you. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> and then you have to walk over and get it. Like, it's a very uh, slow process. And it's like, dog, I get it. You guys don't want to get sick, but you literally have a port cut out in that fucking yeah. <laughs> door. So why wouldn't you just use that? Yeah, like you've already got a window with, through which you can just like, hey, we're only, even like at that point, I would just only take orders that are paid for already. So you can just be like, what's your name? What's your verification? Like, what's your order code? And like, cool, here's your fucking pizza. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Not taking cash. No I know way. a bunch of places that are like, like down near me, a bunch of the local businesses are like, well, we can't, af- we're not a corporation. We can't afford to be closed, but we also only have, we can only afford to have two employees on like in the building at any one time. So we can't be wiping shit down all day. Otherwise we won't be able to cook. So you can come through, you can get your food and you have to leave. We cannot have you sitting at the tables. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how a lot of businesses are operating now, Yeah, which is fine because I, re- I respect that. I respect your business for staying open, but it's not fun for me as somebody who has learned out of nowhere that I'm a very social person and I like meeting people. Yeah. <laughs> like Worst I, possible time <laughs> to discover that. And it's a weird realization to be like, I didn't realize how much I, how much like energy I got from just being able to be around people even when we're not directly interacting but it's like that social element is a bigger deal than i think a lot of us realize and so like well i can't go sit at a bar or like go to a restaurant that i like and just sit in the restaurant 
because we're all, all worried about fucking dying, I guess. <laughs> it was like, we were all worried about dying before, but it's really present in a different way. Like, even if we had done it a month ago, when this was like, if we'd done it like end of, end of January, early February, and we're like, hey, don't fucking go anywhere for, like, just take it easy for three weeks. That would have re sharply reduced the spread. And then we're like, well, if any of you were infected, you kind of reach your two weeks of like we at this, and at this point, we can start testing people like crazy. Like, we'll take this three weeks to if anybody needs emergency services, come through. But otherwise, like, take it easy. Here's your then, here's your thousand dollar Trump check. Just hang out inside. Watch Netflix. You know, it's crazy because a news story came out earlier saying that a company in Germany was developing testing kits like last year mm -hmm. or not last year, last month beginning of february they start they developed over a million testing kits yeah and they came to the american government and they were like yo you guys want in on this like we're doing a group buy right now <laughs> you want in and the government was like no we'll handle it and yeah, then they yeah, went back to them mm -hmm. like a few weeks later and they were just like all right now we'll buy some and i think the plan was the conspiracy around it is uh they were waiting so they can better monetize it in the market yeah. which is fucking insane to me well the president's son-in-law is in a family that owns an insurance company so oh right. right 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 gotta gotta think of who you're enriching yeah there was a i saw a story earlier today there's a canadian lab that had developed a test that gives you results in 15 minutes oh that's tight so it's like if that can get propagated and mass produced then it'll be a whole other thing but it's like otherwise you have to get into the nba and that's the only way to get tested right away <laughs> <laughs> or be a celebrity with access to people overseas yeah which is i mean i get i get how people in the nba are getting tested and how rich people are getting tested because they can just go to another country or ask somebody that they know yeah and get it right like in the nba you have access to like so much crazy shit that other people don't have access to. Don't even know about. Yeah, like let's say stem cell rejuvenation. <laughs> and I'm sure just because their team has so much money riding on them in the first place. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. And Rudy Gobert, like fucking being an asshole. It's like, you're taking this shit too seriously. And it's like touched everybody's mics and shit. And then it's the person who gets everything yeah. shut down. Now, cut to a Curb Your Enthusiasm theme. Boom, boom, Perfect boom. moment for that. <laughs> Yeah, sure. It was, it was so, cause I, I don't watch basketball. And so I did, <gasps> I didn't know who he was. Never, don't tell anybody I'm black. Cause I said, that right. um, Hey guys, I don't watch basketball. My go. name's Charles. <laughs> that well, was like, me talking a second ago. <laughs> I found out, like I saw that it was like, you know, Utah jazz player, Rudy Gobert test positive. And then I saw like the clip of him, like from literally like three days before. <laughs> being like you guys take this shit too seriously and touching everything he's like he's french so he's gonna be an asshole off, out the gate and but for for him to be the one was like straight up ridiculous that it was that's like he's the one who caused it and some like not only did some that what is it like five people on the jazz now like specifically the jazz tested positive and like reporters were like well we have to isolate now and the games got first it was just the game that week or that night and then two days later the entire nba was shut down i think it was because uh he went around and touched people in the locker room as well yeah he's being an asshole yeah 
He's a fucking big French asshole. The wedding that I was supposed to go to at the end of June is for sure gonna get canceled. Like, I, there's no, there's no way that anything cool is happening between now and like, like August. <laughs> Fuck, and now in May is probably more realistic. I just don't want to be in here when it gets hot. Oh God, <laughs> I didn't yeah. even think of that. <sighs> yeah, when we're all self-isolated in our apartments and houses that don't have air conditioning, and it's like 90 degrees out and shit. But it's power uh, bills are going to be insane. People are going to get evicted. There are a lot of people who just can't work right now. Yeah, it's going to be crazy to see all of the media. I can't wait until the darling comedian from SNL makes their show about being quarantined and losing their job and their home over not being able to go to work right now. Oh yeah, they're going to make cool movies about this in like five years or something. Like, just like how they did the Big Short after the financial crisis. Yeah. They're the gonna Big have- Short was like. 15 years later (laughs) there's not going to be a good okay five years that's that's too early because you know you have to start development like three years ahead of time we're definitely going to get coronavirus movies in the next two or three years and they're not going to be good and then in 2032 there's going to be one good one There, it's, it's all gonna, gonna be, be about, it's gonna be one of five movies that come out that year that all somehow get Oscars about how bad the Trump presidency was. Oh, God, <laughs> and it's gonna be framing it from different things. There's gonna be one that's gonna be like Black Hat by uh, Michael Mann, starring whatever that Thor. Thor, yes. It's like okay, very dramatic, and it's got a Chinese person in it, and they're constantly trying to reassure everybody. I don't have the fucking virus, okay, guys? What the <laughs> fuck? Why are you looking at me like that? And it turns out they don't ever get the virus because they're fine. They just, they follow protocols. They wash their hands and all the Americans are getting sick. They're like, <coughs> it's like fucking figure it out. Funny enough, I have bronchitis. Yeah, it's also a really <laughs> bad time because it's also spring. <laughs> so it's like everyone who's got seasonal allergies or like people who just have fucking asthma and can't deal with it when it gets like below a certain humidity when it's uh, also 50 degrees or like well yeah those people are going to be like they're going to have flu-like symptoms because they have asthma or they have allergies they don't like but like no one knows what to do because it's also a dry cough if you are if you have you're showing like if you're infected so it's like everyone's in a bad place like no one can trust anybody and no, it's a weird thing. And Idris Elba fucked it up for us because uh, there was like so few black people were getting it. <laughs> and then one high profile person, like black person got it. And I was like, well, I guess, I guess we're not immune. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. It was a fun little joke reality we got to live in because there were zero confirmed cases in Africa, which is also probably because a lot of those countries can't afford tests. <laughs> Yeah, but like the first confirmed case in North Africa was from an Italian dude who were like, "See, <laughs> that's what happens." And they were, then we were like, "Oh yeah, well, even the most developed nations in the world are like not really testing people because they're bad at their jobs." We're like, "Well, then there's probably like at least a couple hundred people like in across North Africa because their proximity to Italy and Spain, they're like, they definitely you're getting it there, and we're just not talking about it because they don't have the money to have." the uh, test yeah 
and but I don't know. I feel like there weren't. We didn't get enough Twitter jokes in about black people being immune from the virus because we like <laughs> clean ourselves or whatever. <laughs> Welcome to the rest of the world. Yep. I guess we can't have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys want to get into the review? Yeah. Welcome back. This week's review is 28 Days Later, directed by Danny Boyle, produced by Andrew McDonald, written by Alex Garland, starring Cillian Murphy, Naomi Harris, Chris Eccleston, Megan Burns, and Brendan Gleeson. Music by John Murphy. Cinematography by Anthony Dodd-Mantle, edited by Chris Gill. With a running time of 113 minutes, budget of 8 million pounds, and box office return of 82.7 million pounds. It was initially released on the 1st of November in 2002 in the United Kingdom and Ireland. Uh, This movie, looks-wise, does not hold up. It looks like shit. Yeah, it looks bad. I don't know what sort of like film they filmed on, but the grain has really not aged well one yeah. bit. And I mean, that may have been a <laughs> deliberate choice. That's not just me watching it on DVD <laughs> on a TV larger than anyone dreamed people could make TVs at back when that was made. I, I, there was that scene where they were driving by the flowers and I looked at the flowers and I was like, I can't even make out an individual flower right now. These look like it was, it looks like a smear. I mean, I guess if you're trying to go for like, oh, this looks like a painting. Yeah. You did a good job, but like, it just looks like shit on film. It may have been a deliberate choice to be like, how can we make shit look as bleak as possible? And I don't know if it was like a color grading thing or what, but yeah, like a lot of it looks bad well i I know that fight club did something somewhat similar at least in terms of like the deliberation department where they're like we're going to expose this film in a certain way to make it look a little bit grimier than it would be otherwise yeah maybe they did the same thing here i don't know maybe not going like full grindhouse but it does seem i could i could see based on how this movie goes uh based on like what happens and how it's like bleak everything is from turn to turn making the choice of like, well, how do we make this look as bleak as what's happening? Yeah. That enough. being said, yeah, I agree that it doesn't age well. It yeah. doesn't look good 20 years later. Dude, the movie, I mean, honestly, there's not a ton that happens in the movie. It's people going from point A to B. It's very dramatic. Um, and but it's, it's a very like, rigidly segmented plot where you've got three clear acts along with a prologue and epilogue and it tells exactly the story that it's trying to. Yeah. Yeah. And for 2002, it's a little bit long of a movie. Yeah. I was going to say, cause like when you brought up American assassin, like American assassin is about the same length. It's from 2017. I was like, that's mercifully short for 2017. <laughs> Yeah, for 2002, 113 minutes versus American Assassin was 117. Um, 113 minutes. It felt long. It was like, when I pulled it up on Hulu, it was like two hours. <laughs> Didn't this movie come out before we were doing that? Like, what is happening right now? <laughs> uh, 
This feels I, like a 90 minute max film. Well, I, I can yeah. tell you I've seen it more times than I can remember. It's been a long time, which is why the like ugliness of it really stood out on another rewatch, but it has never felt long to me at least. Lucky you. I was watching this movie not with my full attention on if I'm being honest. But <laughs> you know, like you know, I was going to play Pokemon and watch it specifically because I've seen it so many times and I had to put the DS down. I was like, oh my God. Danny Boyle and Alex Garland back at it again. Oh, it was such a great movie. Also, where am I gonna be in four weeks? Uh, if this coronavirus thing doesn't let up. Dude. I'm going to be like obscenely upset if I can't buy food in a fucking month. I mean, you can buy a lot of like fresh food. You can buy uh, fruits and vegetables pretty easily. A lot of, a lot of meat still out. Yeah. I, I wasn't able, I was able to find like uh, chicken breast yeah. and some beef pretty easily. But I was like, well, but what about the things that I actually want to eat? Like canned tuna. <laughs> Costco, <laughs> well, man. If it comes in a can, you're not getting it. <laughs> I, one of the poverty meals I used to eat, poverty, fuck, I shouldn't say that. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily because I was broke. It was because. First world poverty? Yeah, first world. It was because, yes, I was like kind of broke. It was college student type shit. So you take a can of uh, bumblebee tuna. I think it's like the five ounce can or whatever, multiples of those. Take those, dump them into a bowl, microwave it, get some rice, cook some rice, I'm put upset. the tuna over the rice, and then pour, dump sriracha all over it. And yeah, I you, had that exact <laughs> meal today. However, I microwave only the rice, and then I put the fish onto it. I also added soy sauce to it, uh-huh. some uh-huh. garlic powder and pepper. <laughs> But also the sriracha. It's delicious. <laughs> it's a it's a pretty decent meal, man. It'll fill you up and it's like got good macros and shit. You gotta start taking a fiber supplement though. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> that sounds so bad. <laughs> I, hey, canned tuna is pretty alright with me if I'm being if I'm keeping it funky. Anyway, if you haven't heard of this movie before, it's a zombie movie, but Which they're is not zombies. Wild if you haven't, because it was all over the place in 2002. Yeah, it was, uh, I think, something that helped popularize the zombie genre again. It, like, brought it back to life. Was it the first intended. Was it the first fast zombie movie? I'm it not, was one I of them. I think of it was one before that. I can't think of one before that. Because I remember 28 Days Later being, like, pointed out as an example of, like, the new idea of fast zombies moving away from the Romero slow zombies idea. Right, because yeah. instead of having, like, the... Dawn of the Dead, shambling zombies, yeah. like slowly trudging after you, but it's a inexorable horde that you can't stop. This one is it's a fast spreading virus and it's fast moving non people who are coming after yeah. you now. Yeah. One of the things that I thought was really funny in the movie is that the zombies were like smart enough after the car scene in the tunnel the the zombies were smart enough to stop running after the car (laughs) and they just like slowed to a walk it was like huh that's worth it we can reason a little bit (laughs) the movie basically starts with uh a bunch of environmentalist idiots who break into a lab (laughs) and like break out monkeys or whatever that have some very specific disease the monkeys the rage virus yeah if if this movie has taught you anything is that tv does cause real world violence (laughs) the very first shot is just a t a monkey watching tv with a couple electrodes on his head and it's just a bunch of like riots that he's like 
he's seeing. And that's how viruses get started. We didn't have viruses until the TV was invented. <laughs> the coronavirus is just a monkey watching one too many Corona beer commercials. <laughs> Got out. They were watching Hulu and they just kept playing the same <laughs> ads over and over and over again. <laughs> and now you can't go to bars. So <laughs> that's the most upsetting part for me. Hey, you just started drinking again, too. I, well, so tomorrow I turn 30. By the time you hear this, it probably was yesterday or two days ago or whatever. And I just like, I was like, I went to a bachelor party and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to start drinking. And then I got back and I was like, well, fuck it, I'm just going to keep it going until my birthday. The best gift I can give myself is clean living. So uh, back at it. I just recently started trying to eat like shit again, and it's going real bad yeah, for me. You can't. I, you can't been just too dive well right too in. Long. Yeah, dude. You, you got to dive yourself in. into it. Oh, God. I remember one time I made an acai bowl for breakfast. It had blueberries, strawberries. I really like strawberries. And it had like granola and shit in it. And I was just like, damn, man, I really changed my life. I really, <laughs> and now I'm like, I'm trying to fucking eat Domino's pizza for some reason. And now I've got the trots. Call me Trotsky, <laughs> your favorite shit based philosopher. okay anyway 28 days later these monkeys get out of these cages because these people are like yo free the monkeys free the monkeys and so they do the lady gets bit or attacked i don't know if she's specifically bitten but then she starts like spitting blood on on her cohorts and that guy turns into a zombie too and it's wild how quick it is yeah it's like dumb quick within seconds which is as a real world parallel, probably more realistic to like a bacterial plague than a viral one, but whatever, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Viruses can't reproduce that quickly. This is not a thing that happens. No, no. As we all know. Yeah. Unless if it's the un- umbrella virus, the T virus. Again, <laughs> viruses just sound cooler than bacteria and they have a cooler structure. They look cooler. They're not just like blobs. <laughs> but. <laughs> they're a little more complex it takes them longer to replicate it's a whole thing that sucks anyway thanks for neil degrasse tyson this movie oh god <laughs> is that <laughs> what i pick up <laughs> <laughs> well you're only halfway there as long as you keep away from doing things without people's consent you'll be good <laughs> anyway the movie it's basically these people trying to get from point a to point b uh, the entire movie. The beginning of it shows Cillian Murphy's family dead, which is like really fucked up and sad. And he meets some people, which is like a big, big, big stroke of luck. Like for some reason, these people notice him. Yeah, he's running away from zombies before having seen any zombies. And then. Yeah, it's weird. He just like spontaneously wakes up out of a coma. 28 days later he abruptly comes across these people and for some reason they blow up a gas station to kill zombies it seems like a really slow way to kill them also real over the top and also if the gas station blew up that means you could probably still get gas out of it which is i feel like something that you would need if you're yeah but based on i think some of the information presented people evacuated more quickly than others Mm -hmm. so a lot of people were just got out luckily and then there are just a few dipshits. And then became the zombies. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. That that movie. Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. I'm just. It's real disappointing that it's so fucking ugly. 
it's like hard to watch. I think there's some cool stylistic choices with how they frame shots. It isn't just if you've got a dialogue between two characters, it's focus on character one over the shoulder of character two, flip two, looking at character two over the shoulder of character one. And then there's shots that don't directly add to the plot being furthered, but just like showing character moments of things people are doing. Like there's a two or three minute long sequence where all the protagonists find a supermarket and then they're just driving their carts around, putting stuff into their shopping carts. Like, wow, what, what an uplifting, like small moment of this movie where the rest of it is just soul crushing bleakness. (laughs) Yeah. It's nice. It's nice. Well, that part of the movie is nice. Only that part. Yeah. Yeah, because most of it is like, hey, you know the friend you've been traveling with? He's infected now. You got to kill him before he turns. Like, hey, you know your dad? He's infected now. You got to kill him before he turns. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ, dude. Hey, you know your parents? They killed themselves before they get infected. Oh, yeah, not to mention that military base at the very end, which, you know, seeing it again, they never explicitly say that all the guys in this mansion dressed up in, like, camo are actually military. Uh, It's You could interpret that as there's the one commander-type guy who's definitely ex-military and maybe took some random, like, street toughs or whoever under his wing and created this kind of military structure to impose order over them. Did either of you guys kind of like see it that way? I mean, based on how quickly they are ready to be like, what if we just capture all these women and we repopulate? <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can, I can, I can see that read <laughs> tracking with a dude who just put together a paramilitary group. Yeah, dude. This is what happens when uh, somebody doesn't like Charlie's Angels. <laughs> no, we need to capture these hypergamous women and force them to repopulate the world. I I enjoy this movie, but fuck, like it's. I feel like it's mostly in concept because I'm such like a visual driven person. I can't, it's hard for me to look at this movie and it looks like a fucking mess. And also for some reason, my brain is doing this thing and I don't know if this is the case, but it seems like the aspect ratio is stretched a little bit. Was it, was it just me? Like it was initially in like four by three or something or some other. Yeah, I did get a, I I could see that happening. Maybe it was like cropped or something. I don't know. It was very strange. And I was, I was watching it and I was just like, yeah, this is like playing tricks with my mind right now. I, I don't know how to feel about it. Well, not good, I guess, is the direction I went with. We have more there to is, say. There we is have, not that much to say about this movie. Really the not, plot is very straightforward. It's like he wakes, like, you know, Sylvia Murphy wakes up and he runs into other survivors and then they're like yeah whatever we'll go to your parents house like we your situation sounds weird we'll go to your parents house and his parents fucking killed themselves so it's like and but by going to his parents house fucking mark gets murked immediately yeah and she does that with no hesitation sorry bro you gotta go yeah 
And shout out to Naomi Harris, who's aging very well, because this was 18 years ago, and she's in the new Bond films as Money Penny. Still looks great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. And then that so that's the first act. And act, they run into like that. Yeah, act two. They find a father daughter who have holed up in some apartment complex, and they decide to set out for this military group that they think is going to help them with the zombies. Spoiler alert: they don't. Yeah. Uh, the dad ends up dying because some infected blood falls in his eye into his eye, which is uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> And then act three, they live in this mansion for a little while with these military, but maybe not military guys who just want to get rid of Killian Murphy and have their way with these two girls. One of which is almost certainly underage, <laughs> even though her dad gives her a shot in the beginning of the movie of probably Midori. <laughs> hey, sweetheart, you ever, you want to have some melon liqueur? Look, they don't have much else. <laughs> That's why he takes all those bottles of whiskey in the shopping center. Oh, yeah. He's, he's only had to drink that stupid green stuff this whole time. That's <laughs> yeah, the first thing I would do. It's like, well, I guess we got to load up on. We all, it'll be very few and far between where we get to actually get drunk because we have to be on edge all the time because of zombies. But when we got time, let's fucking get into it. And I'm not going to just be drinking hypnotic or whatever. Yeah, you know, that store did not reflect the current inventory distribution we see in modern stores. They had canned everything, fully stocked. Yeah, their evacuation techniques uh, were lacking in realism for something that would happen 20 years later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, there's there's not a ton to say about the movie. There is it, a sequel 28 weeks later. It's bad. Don't see it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I did read... I think two or three issues of the 28 days later comic that came out like five years later. Hmm. Not good. I only read two or three issues of it. So, so <laughs> out of how many, I think it was like, it was an ongoing. So I don't know how long it went before it got canceled. I meant to look it up today, but I didn't. I just remember having read it and then not reading it anymore. This is also around the same time that this is a couple years after the walking dead had started. Oh, yeah. So it was like, well, zombie books are already a thing. And like Robert Kirkman seems to have a handle on it, I guess. This is before he started Invincible. So I was like into Robert Kirkman. But this is around the time that like the zombie survival guide got really popular. Yeah. And like zombie hit an all time high in saturation. Yeah. 28 Days Later really hit at the beginning of that whole craze. Maybe it even helped start it. Yeah, quite possibly. I was 12, so I don't remember where I was or where we were culturally in yeah. terms of how we were addressing stuff. But I do know that the mid, early to mid aughts were like real big. I'm like, what would you do in a zombie apocalypse? I'm like, who gives a shit, dude? Kill myself. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm 14. I want to kill myself all the time already. Like, if, it, if things get worse, I'm just going to go out of here. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Where are all those people now, huh? Bunkered in their apartments with canned goods and no toilet paper, no drinking a bunch paper. of beer and being mad about living with their significant other for the first time. Yeah, right. It was like, oh man, have you considered that maybe you just never liked living with your significant other and you did this for financial reasons? I think that people don't. I see a lot of tweets like saying, "Well, you." I see a lot of people complaining about living with their significant other, but I actually got with somebody that I like, and it's like, <laughs> shut the fuck up, you dork. That's not how that works. When you you don't know what it's like to live with somebody until you live with them, and even then, you're not forced to spend yeah. like hours in stretches, like and days. You both with have people. jobs. You both have 
social activities you do apart from each other. Now you're not allowed to go out and do 70% of those things. So now it's just you. And if you're living in a one bedroom, especially, it's just you and this other person. Both, and that's if, and even if you can both do your jobs from home, like, so you have something else to do. If you don't, if you both like work in an industry that's being completely shut down and you don't have hours and you can't do anything, it's just you just fucking in your house trying to share the same TV. Yeah. <laughs> like be on their laptop and like, could you turn that down? Yeah. <laughs> How many times are you going to say, can you turn that down in the next two or three weeks and then gauge your relationship on that? Oof, two or three weeks. Try two or three months, man. Everyone's being so optimistic when, when they'll get no, that other saying, like. Uh, uh, what was it? I saw a tweet that was like some people were saying that um, like baby doctors are going to be like real busy a couple months from now. And I was like, that's probably mostly going to be like divorce lawyers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, definitely. Because of quarantine makes you want to do one thing and one thing only. And that's shoot up the club raw. (laughs) Like fuck. Yeah. No condoms just stopped existing. So yeah, we're just going to get you pregnant. Tight. Imagine, God, I look. Living, Imagine getting someone pregnant and finding out three months into a four or five month quarantine that, <laughs> that they're pregnant. You're like, all right, well, we can't get anything. <laughs> so, so twenty eight days later is fine, I guess. Yeah, twenty. Check it out. Cultural <laughs> impact. Someone do a retrospective for us and let us know if twenty eight days later was really at the forefront of that shit. Yeah, yeah. Let us know. Uh, forefront of zombie shit, that is. Yes. Fast zombie shit. Fast zombie shit. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure they kicked off the craze. Probably. I'm sure that, like, that was like when people realized, oh, yeah, they're zombies. There aren't just vampires and werewolves and mummies, even though nobody's made a mummy movie in a very long time. Because mummies are boring. And <laughs> they try. By the very nature, Tom Cruise, didn't they? By the very nature, there are only like a handful of zombies. There are a lot of mummies. Like, there aren't a lot of mummies. Mummies take, like, a whole process. Like, there's a whole ritualistic element to it. So, like, explaining how there are a lot of mummies becomes weird. Yeah. And Vampires are, like, you can treat that as, like, an infection as well. Like, people like people have to be bitten by someone who already has it. You know what? There's a show called V-Wars that keeps popping up. I watched part of the first episode because it's got uh, one of the actors that I really like from 192. Fuck, we're, we're not having this conversation right now. All right, 28 days later, final words. Thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Real bleak. Um, I guess worth watching. It's not for me. Uh, I enjoy the movie. I enjoy thinking about the movie more than I do like watching it just because like the aesthetics fuck with me. But if that's not something that's a big deal to you, then fucking watch it. It's, it's well done. It moves along. It doesn't feel slow. Uh, but yeah, check it out. And when we get back, we will dive into our titular segment, No Concessions. Welcome back. 
we're here with our titular segment, No Concessions, where we make a case for our favorite or least favorite movies. Let's start with you. Baby Driver. Positive. I'm in it. Oh, okay. I, I love like, me some Baby Driver. <laughs> baby Driver is so fucking good. And it's like, it's real simple. But I think like the use of like just having snippets of all of these characters works really well. Like the contrast of like the, like I really dig the idea of small like crime crews being put together. Like I still watch the Oceans movies. I understand that they play fast and loose with what's what is good writing and what is like weird coincidences that you can like hand wave over because it's fun, which is like cool in its in its own way. But like Baby Driver takes that idea of like hey, there's crews that we put together for specific jobs everyone has their strengths and so that's how we do it everyone gets a cut like everyone gets their cut and they we fucking mind our business it's cool and fun and every like character that you get any kind of focus on is fun like jamie fox is real fun in it i've always i always really enjoy john hammond stuff and he's not particularly comedic in this one in baby driver but he has like this I don't know. John Hamm just has this like interesting charm to him that I really enjoy. Um, I'll probably bring up another one of his recent films in the next episode that I'm on. But yeah, Baby Driver's cool. Like the editing is solid. A lot of the action sequences, like the driving sequences, are genuinely really fun, but also look doable. Like none of it looks. It's not like Fast and Furious shit, where it's like that's ridiculous, and that's what makes it fun. It actually looks like someone could do those things. It's edited like it's shot in a way that's not like a bunch of fucking cuts to work around not being able to actually do any of those stunts. And it's just like genuinely really endearing. Like it's a cool, fun plot. How do you like the music? I love the music. I listened to the soundtrack for probably like two weeks after I watched the movie. When I saw it, it felt like the entire movie was like watching a long music video. Yeah, it's shot i forget who directed baby driver great yeah that feels like an great shit which is funny because this wasn't planned my no concessions for this week is the world's end the movie he did before baby driver and i see denzel's face right now yeah that's exactly to my point because world's end movie number three in the three flavors cornetto trilogy i feel like Hot Fuzz is number two and is universally praised. It is impossible to follow up that movie with something as good or better, which I'll be the first to say World's End is not better than Hot Fuzz. However, I went into it with the expectation of seeing a movie at the same level of quality as that. I was disappointed the second time seeing it. Wow. World's End is really fucking good. The storyline is super tight with how they set up all the sort of hints to what's going to happen um, later on in the movie, as they've done in Shaun of, the De- Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. And showing it to a bunch of other people, uh, I was so engrossed in it that I forgot that a bunch of robots were going to show up. 30 or 45 minutes into the movie. So it starts out as just this kind of silly British humor styled hangover movie. Hey guys, let's all get together. We haven't seen each other in a long time. Let's go on this bender for the night. And by the time they reach bar number three or four, all of a sudden, instead of having to deal with the different sort of character interactions and disagreements they have, now they all have to deal with 
robots it comes completely out of left field way more so than all the zombies did in Shaun of the dead so if you saw the world's end only once and thought it was terrible and never want to see it again definitely give it a second try because it might surprise you i'm definitely in that camp i will give it another shot you only saw it the once yeah and i was just like what the fuck is this i thought it was pretty pretentious yeah you know the ending how they all walk into the bar with um like the the four blanks and simon peg and it kind of just cuts with them jumping at the camera did you think like the fuck did i just watch that was seriously the ending no i don't i don't remember okay well the ending is pretty anticlimactic and i'm still like let down by it but at least it's not as bad as the first time i saw it okay like pretend you've never seen hot fuzz and try and watch the world's end with like that sort of point of view and uh it it'll probably be a lot better okay which i know is like if you have to qualify a movie 99 <laughs> different ways to say, look, if you think about it like this and like this, and you see it on a Sunday, but only during a full moon, then you'll really like it. Charles, you've heard half of my no concessions. Like, <laughs> that's basically all. I, my no concessions pick is a little bit of a layup, I'll admit. It's uh, Suicide Squad. I watched it again recently, and I, the biggest problem that i have with this it's a negative no concession oh what you just love <laughs> you weren't about to join my camp and be like hey you know this movie that everyone thinks sucks it's actually good and th- this is one of those movies even though nobody's out defending it it's one of those movies where i'll eternally be on the miss me with that shit train because it's not its biggest problem is that it's boring and it's dumb it's, yeah and you can tell like the there are spots in it that are incoherent and you can tell that like somebody went in and fucked with it there's like five scripts it feels like but also there's so the it came out in 2014 it's the same year Guardians of the Galaxy came out Guardians of the Galaxy beat it to theaters by like four or five months so when the Guardians trailer came out Warner Brothers hired a studio to do the trailer and it made it more like that's when the was it the bohemian rhapsody trailer came out and it is not representative at all of the actual film and then guardians came out and guardians was representative what the trailer showed and they were like fuck we're in trouble so they gave final (laughs) editing to the same studio that did the trailer which was a huge mistake yes (laughs) because they had to try to stitch together probably a three hour movie worth of footage into something that matched the trailer and it didn't at all. So the tone is all over the place. The script is, this is your no concessions, but I'm like, yeah, <laughs> Hey, do your thing. The editing of the movie is equally bonkers because it's trying to like fit this tone. They manufactured a whole cloth and it just doesn't work. And like most of the performances are, real bad and they, it seems so phoned in yeah it, no one like will smith is in the movie and you're like huh like what are you doing here you're not even acting it's dog. one of his least charismatic performances i've ever seen yeah it's kind of like he just showed up yeah and he was just like well i'll do one take of everything which is weird because like i feel like he could have been really good in that role even in a bad movie yeah and he's like he's just not no he's like the only one who's not 
actively bad. Yeah, I like no one's good in that movie. I like the dude who plays Captain Boomerang because yeah. he's like fucking really hamming it up. I do like Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang. And it's a bummer we're not going to see him as Captain Boomerang again. Because yeah, you're right. He is like he has a weird energy that no one else has. <laughs> where he's just like he clearly doesn't want to be there and is playing it as as like someone who doesn't want to be there at all, but it's also a huge colossal fuck up. And so, like, even, like, the one scene of uh, Justice League he's in. No, he's not in Justice League. That scene was deleted. Um, It's just the Flash is in the one scene of Suicide Squad where it shows him being captured. Mm. Uh, Suicide Squad, as everybody knows, is, like, a not good movie. But it just pains me so much that it was even made in the first place. It's one of those movies where I'm just like, you know... Anybody who greenlit this, who worked on this, should just not be able to do anything ever again. Like, yeah, so what? Margot Robbie's in it. Fuck, get rid of her. She can't act anymore. Jared Leto, for sure get rid of him. (laughs) Don't allow him to appear in anything else ever. Jai Courtney, we won't miss you, buddy. Yeah, because he was in... in Terminator Genesis. Yes, he was. He should have been disallowed from acting right after that. (laughs) Get rid of him. Get rid of him. Will Smith... Your old dog, your wash. Get yeah. out of here. Bright was fun, but sorry. Uh, who else is in that? That weird Native American dude who plays Apache. Who dies immediately. Get rid of him. You're gone. Uh, who plays Amanda Waller? Viola Davis. You Wasted know what? opportunity. You know what, dude? I really thought that would have been a really great role for her. Amanda Waller. Uh, how to get away with murder kind of flew off the rails. So yeah. you're done too. You're done. Get out of here. Yeah, post uh, season three, how to get away with murder gets cartoonish. <laughs> yes. Truly jumps the shark. The first season was like really actually pretty enjoyable. First season is great. And the second season is like, okay, why are we still here? And then the third season kind of picks up again. It's like, well, hold on. She's not going to go to prison. Yeah. Like what? What the fuck happens? And then you're like, okay, well why? And then she does the crossover episode with, uh, with scandal yeah it's that's all right anyway who else is in that movie who else who else we got uh, no uh, one who, whose was name it, is worth remembering joel kinnaman is in it oh yeah joel kinnaman's in get it. get him out of here he can't act anyway um it's very wooden what's her name uh fucking cara delavine get her out of here too what, what the fuck she even whatever yeah, everyone should have, someone took a huge L on that movie and shouldn't have careers anymore. Yeah, whoever but, directed it, you're done too. That studio that edited the trailer, get them out of here. I think they closed. Good, <laughs> good. Step one. We're slowly working our way through the list, guys. It's only taken six years. It's the movie. The movie is embarrassing. Yeah, it's. it's bad top to bottom and like never there's there are no shining moments no of suicide squad it's so weird that like of every superhero movie that was made that is probably the worst one yeah not counting uh, let's talk about just recent uh superhero movies no, i think you not even include some old like from like the 80s and 90s and shit not it's, like the not like the avengers one from the mid 90s where it's oh, obviously yeah. straight to video yeah. or whatever like don't those don't count yeah let's just keep it with modern the from constantine was, forward yeah fair it's so hilariously bad it's like joylessly bad that's yeah. like the other thing it's not even like so bad it's good it's joylessly not any fun the plot takes forever and has so many like needless misdirects. And by so many, I mean like two or three needless misdirects. We're like, well, why was anyone lying about that? Like, why couldn't that just be the plot from the beginning? 
well, I'd say I wish I saw this movie so I could like contribute to all the hate on it. But now I'm glad I've never seen this. You know what? I'll watch The World's End again if you watch Suicide Squad. I would recommend that people watch Suicide Squad just to be like just to understand yeah this is it's now that we all have nothing but time because we can't leave our houses you definitely have time to see this <laughs> yes yeah absolutely it's if for you, sure like you know charles like annihilation you can just like throw on netflix in the background suicide squad you need to watch yeah <laughs> you need to take some time like if you in, enjoy substance substances mind altering substances pour yourself a big stinking glass of whiskey uh light up a <laughs> light something up and just get dumber with this movie because it's the only way to have any fun and you probably still won't you'll just be like oh well why didn't he turn into a giant fire god before like what are we doing here yeah it's and the the whole plot the plot sucks because it's like how the fuck so you all right so my whole your whole theory of the mcu shit is that it's all iron man's fault yeah this movie was literally all internal problems it was all like amanda waller's fault yeah and it's like if you had never done this in the first place yeah yeah, none of this would have ever be a problem and they don't even lean into that they don't ever they don't acknowledge it they don't lean into it yeah they don't they don't make anything of it. It's just, that's just the fact. Yeah. It's like, this could have been avoided very easily, but now we have to have this whole thing. And what extra, like what hurts it a lot as well is that we don't know any of these characters they are all introduced in this movie. So it's like, they're trying to create a shared universe without doing any of the work. Yeah. And you don't need most of those characters. You don't need the Gator man or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Killer Croc doesn't do a goddamn thing. This whole movie, arguably you don't need Katana either. Like, this could have been, it shouldn't have been, is what it, what it comes down to. It's like, there's not really, they don't even, the movie itself doesn't make a case for any of the choices it makes. No. Except for Joker not being there because the Joker sucks. <laughs> the Joker is the worst. I'm going to go off on a little aside here. Uh, the Batman Who Laughs is apparently very popular still, and I'm so upset by this. Have you read it? it no. No, or I've my only exposure to the Joker who laughs or the Batman, the Batman who, who laughs, laughs was during heavy metal. Yeah, Dark Knight's metal. Yeah. yeah, Batman who laughs is bad. Like it's not fun or like good at all. It's just oh cool. What if he's like just yeah. Dark. What if like Bruce were bat were the Joker now, but like he'd also been Batman already. It's like who gives a shit? Yeah, I'm so sick of Leaning. what if Batman was bad. The Joker like is just a ju- bad villain. Yeah. The, one of the things that I don't like about fuck, this is getting real off the rails. Anyway, I'll close with this. The one of the things that upsets me the most about comic books generally is how uh, things just kind of stay the same. One of the things that I appreciate about something like um, like Titans that I've been watching recently is when something stops, it stops. Like yeah, they deal with this villain the villain's gone it's they're not going to come back yeah right but in comics you have to have the same villains because for whatever reason and this is also part of the problem with like the idea that superheroes don't kill yeah it's, well i mean if you're being completely honest a cop would have shot joker to death yeah at some point like without question without yeah. question somebody nobody is more like you can't have like a super corrupt police department and then also have none of these guys be willing to just shoot joker yeah are you fucking kidding me doesn't make any you sense. can't have it both ways where like no one just rose into arkham with like a fistful of cash and is like yo turn the lights off like yeah. nobody yeah as many people as joker is killed 
And that's what I appreciated about the ends of end of Birds of Prey. They f- definitively kill that guy. It's it's <laughs> normally I have an issue when they're like, we got to get the, we kill this villain at the end of the movie. But it's so fucking funny. Like it's so good. <laughs> Same thing with like I was like cool with spoilers for Birds of Prey. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> like they kill Zaz in like the beginning of the third act. I'm like cool. Fuck that guy. Like, yeah. He's a piece of shit, and he has been. And there's a story reason for him just getting killed right now. Was that the Ewan McGregor character? No, Ewan McGregor is Black Mask. Uh, he- the guy who plays Zaz is. I don't know if you ever watched Newsroom. No. Okay. He's well. If you're you at home watch Newsroom, it's the son of uh, the lady that owns the company. That if you look him up, he's been like in a bunch of stuff. And I, I looked at his IMDb and I was like, I've seen a lot of these things and I didn't recognize this dude at all. Yeah. It's a very interesting take on Zaz. And I'm also cool with him being dead. Like, I don't need to yeah. see. I mean, it's not as if that universe is going to start well, up again. Yeah, yeah they're not going to make another one. So like it doesn't Wonder matter. Wonder Woman 1984 ostensibly will take place in that same universe. But like, that's going to be the 30 last years one earlier. And then the Batman is going to be its own thing. Yeah. Fuck. And anyway, we'll never get another Superman movie, probably. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll uh, catch you on the flip side. Bye. See you later.